real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is a business consultant who helps coaches and online entrepreneurs unblock and increase their money flow using her NFA moneymaker methods. After going from food stamps to building a six-figure business, she's on a quest to teach entrepreneurs how to make more money doing exactly what they love to do. Welcome to the show, Dr. Amanda Barrientes. Thank you so much. It's great to be here, Sarah. Well, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. I'm really curious about this story about from food stamps to six figures. Can you go into that and maybe just a little background in general on how you got into entrepreneurship? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of times entrepreneurs stories start way back when, you know, like all of the winding roads that led me here are about downfall and overcoming downfall and then solutions you get to provide for the people that you work with. So mine started with really one night on the floor crying. And it had to do with I had left my 15 year marriage having an affair. And then my next relationship was falling apart. I really didn't have a lot of relationship skills. And I was about to move out of this house and I lived in a really expensive area and I have three kids and I was looking in the, you know, like at the time it was Craigslist and I was looking at ads and I was like, oh crap, I don't have enough money to live anywhere. My ex-husband lost his job. I had no child support and I was in grad school and the income was very, very low. And so I was like on the floor crying and just thinking, I'm really tired of this reality. I don't want broken relationships. I don't know what to do about my money situation. And in that moment, I had this almost like epiphany where I thought I'm willing to do whatever it takes to shift. And I realized that I was the common denominator in all these different scenarios, you know, and I thought, okay, this it's me that needs to change. And so I started avidly listening to podcasts because I was super busy. So I love podcasts because you can learn on the go and you can kind of multitask, right? So when I was washing the dishes, I was listening to podcasts. And when I was riding my bike to school, listening to podcasts and driving my kids around listening to podcasts. And I just started listening, listening, listening to everything I could about relationship skills, personal power and money. And it started to work. And I started to really change the way I was thinking about things. And as I started to kind of share what I was learning with people, I got the idea to become a coach. I was like, hmm, I love teaching. At the time I was teaching at the University of Colorado in Boulder and I had 2,500 students and they loved the way I was teaching and it was really a coaching style. And so I decided at the end of writing my dissertation, I'm going to take the leap and jump into business building. And it was, you know, it was scary. I had only a couple of months of living money saved up at the time, which obviously I didn't have big expenses, but I thought I'm going to take the leap. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to start my own business and see what happens. And I ended 
ended up going six figures my first full-time year. So I went from being on food stamps, really struggling, super victim-minded and very scared and in survival mode to in that first year of business, I went out and I hustled. I did, I mean, I love the name of your podcast. It was really that idea of like, build a business from nothing, doing all sweat equity. <laughs> and that's really how I did it in the beginning. Oh, wow. That's quite the story. So I'm curious where the doctor comes in. So I guess you have a doctorate. I'm curious what it's yeah. in. Sociology. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So I guess maybe you kind of use what you've learned with that, with your coaching as well. You're able to kind of implement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was quite different than what I do now. And I do a lot of, I, I really now I'm a business consultant. So I, at first I thought I was going to do relationship coaching. And then I started to work with a lot of entrepreneurs. And then it's transitioned into a lot of teaching and training and workshops. And I do one-on-one coaching and consulting and all kinds of different things. But really... The way that my graduate degree helped was in odd ways that you wouldn't even think of where it was like, I got really good at curriculum development. So it's like when I create an online course, I can create a curriculum really quickly. And sociology is thinking about macro systems. And then my my background before that was in psychology. And then I also did a whole bunch of other research in behavioral sciences. So yes, in terms of thinking about human behavior and development, my degree gave me a lot of information. Yet in the world of taking action, it's so different than academic learning. And so for me, that was another reason why I decided to take a leap from academia into entrepreneurship is because I felt like I was going to be able to have a lot more flexibility and freedom to make a larger impact in my own way, instead of kind of being confined to the rules of academic culture. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'm curious to learn more about the NFA moneymaker method, how you got that idea and, and what that entails. It was fascinating to work with a whole bunch of different entrepreneurs entrepreneurs and watch the patterns. One thing that grad school gave me, especially in sociology, is looking for patterns across you know, organizations across culture, society, people. So when I started working with a lot of different entrepreneurs, I started to notice a lot of patterns. And one of the patterns I noticed is that they struggled with their money blocks and and what I call competing commitments. So I I created this term called competing commitments, which is about when you're basically battling between your conscious and your unconscious. So 95% of us is run by our unconscious drivers, which is awesome because you don't have to learn how to drive every day again and brush your teeth and do just your autopilot habits, that's all stored in your subconscious. But when it's competing with what you consciously say you want, you have a problem where they battle against each other. So an example would be something like, I heard entrepreneurs a lot say, I'm really driven to build a business to six figures. And I really want to start a business, I want it to be successful, but then they would procrastinate, hesitate, have lots of fear and doubt, imposter syndrome, be afraid, and not take action. And to me, I thought like, what's going on here? Because if they're saying they want this, and they're not doing it, what's what's the force behind that. And as I worked with a lot of different people, I realized like, oh, there's a lot of stuck places where people have fear and doubt and uncertainty and don't know what to do next. And how do I help people get aligned? So all of the methods that I use to help people make more money are about bringing conscious awareness to what's holding them back. And so one of my favorite quotes is Carl Jung. And he says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And so I really noticed this in everyone I was working with. Why do they feel like they have an invisible force holding them back? And how do I help them get from where they are to where they say they want to be as fast as possible? And really, it all starts with their belief system and what they 
unconsciously believe that got downloaded when they were little kids and they are just running unconscious stories and buying into them and then recreating in their lives. And this shows up a lot in money. And so it's a really tangible way to see where people are stuck. That's really interesting. So how do you figure out what is their block or their money block, where they're getting stuck? How do you determine that? I have a money blocks profile. So often I have people go through the money blocks profile. The easiest way is money stories. So I have all the people I work with write a money story and I ask them very specific questions about the way that their belief system was shaped. I think of it as your money OS, your money operating system. It's almost like a program. So when we're ages zero to seven, we get, we are told certain things. We watch certain things. We appear, we experience, we observe everything that's going on around us. And we don't have any discrimination filtration system. So that we don't go like, oh, when I'm five, I don't go like, oh, I choose to believe this and not that. Or, you know, we just watch everyone around us and we go like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to believe about money. So it helps people to start to uncover through writing a money story about their history and like, what, oh, what did I believe when I was a kid growing up about money? And do I want to continue to buy into that belief? And how is it shaping my current reality and how money shows and how I interact relationally with money? Are there ever blocks or ways people, entrepreneurs get stuck that don't involve money, like other things that kind of hold them back? Absolutely. In terms of competing commitments, it can show up in every area. You know, you could have a a competing commitment about your relationships, right? You could have competing commitments show up in your health status. You could have it show up in your spiritual, I mean, all all areas. The reason I like to work on money blocks with entrepreneurs is because I, I always tell people your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. So if you don't like what you're getting on the outside, you got to start working on what's within. And money is a really clear representation of your outer world. So the ways that those money blocks show up for entrepreneurs is in fear of sales, sabotage, working too hard, burning out, over-delivering and undercharging. I just saw these patterns and it's just such an easy way to help entrepreneurs really change their entire business model and way of being and doing business because most entrepreneurs are pretty addicted to stress. And they work a lot and they have a lot of, many have a lot of inspiration to change the world and do amazing things. And then they get burnt out because they're not making the amount of money that they want to make. And so it's an easy place to start working with people. And in that we uncover so much more. Of course. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. When you were mentioning about how an entrepreneur might have this goal of six figures or seven figures or whatever, but then they procrastinate, I kind of feel like shiny object syndrome might fall into that. Like for me, I'm finally in the zone and where I need to be. But for over a decade, I tried this, that, and the other thing, a million different things. And I feel like it was just, I was experiencing shiny object syndrome, which I think is common for entrepreneurs. But now, even though I know where I need to be and what I need to do, I don't have as much of that issue, but it's more like... So the other day, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I don't think I'm afraid of failure. I think... Or I, I don't have a fear of failure. I think I'm afraid of success. Yeah. Does that make does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a it's a huge block for a lot of entrepreneurs. 
Yeah. And mm. what I relate that one to. So, so first I'll say shiny object syndrome. Absolutely. I think an issue with today, we have access to so much information that you can get distracted every second, really. There's one person telling you to do this and another person telling you to do this and another person telling you this. And you just go like, how do I decide which direction to go? So one of the things I really love to bring to people is let's find your zone of genius. And then decisions get really easy to make. And you always align with, is this in my zone of genius? Yes or no. And if it is move forward, if it's not, don't do it. And you get really fine-tuned and focused instead of shiny object syndrome, which scattered energy makes money a lot harder to make because you're sending out a very mixed message and confused people don't buy. And when you're confused, you don't even know how to market what your solution is for people. And so I help people get really laser focused on what they enjoy doing the most so they can make money doing what they love and not have that shiny object syndrome all the time. So there's that piece. And then on the other end of what you were saying, a a money block that I found, I found three common money blocks. And one of them is money causes stress. And under the money causes stress, there's a fear of success. So there could be fear of failure, but there's also this fear of success because you go like, what if I'm so successful that it's too much responsibility? What if I'm so successful that I don't know how to handle it? That's helpful to know that that's an actual thing because I'm like, am I just making this up in my head or? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I I was wondering like, why am I procrastinating on these specific things I know I need to do? And then I was thinking, oh, it must be fear of failure. I'm like, you know what? I don't think that's it. I feel like I know that I think the thing is, I know it's going to be successful and that kind of scares me. (laughs) But I I was like, yeah, I didn't know that was the thing. That's such an interesting one, Sarah, because in my mind, when we look at fear of success, we could go, okay, it's afraid of the responsibility or it could be, I'm afraid of outshining other people. So sometimes it's like, what if I get so big that other people don't like me, which is a pretty core survival Mm -hmm. fear, right? If somehow people don't like me, and I'm getting ostracized. And that's something that maybe happened to you when you're a child. Like I hear this all the time with people I work with, they go, Oh, I was bullied in school, or I was left out. And then they have they develop this fear of success. And the underlying part of that is they're like, what if I get left out, and people don't like me because I'm so successful. And so it keeps them really stuck. Yeah, I think, you know, I hadn't really thought about it until just now, but maybe it's more of because I know as you get more successful, you have less time and maybe I'm already struggling with relationships, friendships, family, husband, whatever. So maybe because I know the more successful you are, the more time that takes. And then if it's already kind of that, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I I love this because you're highlighting all, you know, many things at once. So the, the three that I discovered are money is bad. Money is scarce and money causes stress. And under those, there's a whole bunch of different beliefs behind or what I call money blocks behind those bigger paradigm beliefs. And so in money is scarce, you would have the belief that I have to choose between success in my business and friends. And there's never enough time. And oh, no, if money causes stress would be this belief like, well, crap, if I want to 10x my business, what if I have to 10x the amount of work I do? I don't want to do that. No one wants to do that, right? (laughs) So then it causes you to fear the success because you have the underlying belief that you have to work really hard to make your money. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. that, yeah. that might be. And then the other ones you mentioned are the, okay, so. Yep, so money is scarcity. bad. Yeah, money oh. is bad. So money is bad has to do with uh, that belief system. Like it's not spiritual to make money. 
it could be like I had a really religious upbringing and I had a lot of, I know a lot of entrepreneurs that struggle with this, like money somehow is bad because it's not it, because money is the root of all evil. Or if I become too rich, I might be a greedy jerk or my people might see me as being greedy. Or what if my identity really changes and I don't like myself anymore? Or what if I lose my identity? Those kind of things. And that happens a lot. And you can really notice that in yourself. If you, a lot of people will say to me, Oh, I think money's great. I want all the money in the world. And then you'll say like, well, what do you think about wealthy people? If you just write wealthy people are, and usually they'll say good, you know, often if they think they don't have, they'll say good, but then you'll be like, I've had this where I'm hanging out with people and then they'll like see a really fancy car drive by and they'll be like that jerk in that Mercedes or whatever. It's a bad money block, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just have that preconceived notion that if you flash your wealth, you're a bad person somehow. And we can see this trope in mm-hmm. movies all the time, right? Like wealthy corruption and wealth, right? Then mm-hmm. money is scarce is that idea that I can't have both and or that there's never enough. And I see this with people often who entrepreneurs who make a ton of money but they maybe they worked really hard to get there. They make a ton of money. And then they're always scared, like, what if it doesn't keep going? What if it goes away? And so there's this tightness and fear around losing it all the time, no matter what amount they make. And then often they also think that either or instead of both and like I either can have a successful business or a good relationship, but not both. Or I can have a successful business or great friends, but not both. And so that's a scarcity mentality around money. And then the money causes stress is usually shows up as avoidance. Like you avoid looking at your money. You really don't want to do bookkeeping and you kind of don't know your ROI. You don't know which things you're doing in your business to bring you the most ROI. So you end up working too hard or you want to run away from it in some way because it causes you stress. And then you end up working a lot because you avoid even looking at your numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the money is bad one. Yeah, a lot of people use the whole money is the root of all evil. But I think the quote or verse actually says the love of money is the root yeah. of all evil, which yeah. is a totally different thing. And then when you're talking about the car thing, it reminded me of I don't know if you've ever read this book by T. Harv Eker yeah. called Millionaire Mindset, I think something, yes, something like that. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Yeah. Yes, that's it. He gives an example in there that it reminded me of where he drove like a regular car in some neighborhood and no big deal. But then he drove in that same neighborhood a really a Lamborghini or something. I don't, or Jaguar. I don't remember what it was. And people were like throwing stuff at him yeah, and exactly. all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Let's see. So what are the three easy steps to manifest more money in your business? Yeah, there's a lot of amazing ways to manifest money in your business. And this one is a, this is really manifestation principles in general. And so this would be money in your business. This would be anything that you want. It's three easy steps. And when I say easy, the path is easy. The hard part is all of the stuckness that happens in your head from preventing you from doing this. And and first, I also want to break down manifestation because people have a, a lot of beliefs around the word manifestation, you know, and I always tell people, no matter what you are manifesting every day, even when you get up in the morning and you decide, I want a cup of coffee and you go make it happen. You manifested your coffee, right? Mm -hmm. People have this funny belief about where like manifestation isn't a thing. That's just some woo-woo thing. No, you're creating your reality every single day at every single moment. So let's be conscious about it and get what you want and use the principles of the universe instead of working against them and continuing to have to learn hard lessons so that you can then refine to have an easier life. (laughs) So I like to say that first. Three easy steps. So number one, you want to be very, very clear about what you want. 
And that means most people make decisions from a place of scarcity or what they've been able to create in the past. And so they limit their imagination of the possibility of what they can have. And so that clarity of what they want, often people don't even ask for what they want. They don't know what they want or they're afraid to ask for it. And so you want to get clear about what you want. Be okay with what you want. And if you're someone who's had some scarcity around it, take small steps. At first, just start with something small and something that is very believable to your mind. Just go like, oh, I want to create this next. I want my first client or I want want to sell my first program or whatever your business model is. So get clear about what you want. Number two, you want to take action in the direction of what you say you want, right? So you have to do the action part. So when you're, you know, it's like manifestation isn't this idea of sitting on the couch and thinking thoughts and magical things happen. When you're really good at manifesting, yes, that can happen. You can have you can have a thought, align with it and have opportunities come your way, yet you're still taking action to seek the opportunities, right? So the action part is your bargain with the universe where you're, this is a win-win situation and I'm signaling that I'm serious and committed and I'm moving in the direction of what I say I want. Number three is surrendering to the universe, the house. You don't need to know all the details. You don't need to know every step of the way. The path will appear as you take steps and in greater ways than you could ever imagine. So usually where people get stuck is one in the first one, they don't know clearly what they want or they're not willing to allow themselves to ask for what they want. And then two, they procrastinate, don't take action. And then three, when they do, they get into this hyper control of every detail needs to be written down and figured out. And if it's not that way, they feel out of control, but then they're frustrated that things aren't happening as fast as they want, but it's because they've already created all these confinements around it. And so they're making the process a lot harder. Yeah. And it's interesting because I was one of those people who would hear the word manifestation and just immediately think woo woo, or I didn't even know what it meant really. I just thought it was, you know, yeah. it was literally this week or maybe last week that I realized, you know what? I think I'm manifesting stuff because stuff is happening. And like you said, taking the steps to make it happen. You like, if there's certain people you want on your podcast that seem like there's no way that you would get them, well, you first you have to ask. Yes. <laughs> That's the first step. Yes. And, or like, okay, this is kind of a really silly example. But a few years ago, my husband and I were big Lady Gaga fans. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and he's like, oh, we're never going to meet her. And I'm like, yeah, we will. I know we will. Someday we will. And he's like, you can't know that. I'm like, yeah, I can. Lo and behold, we did. We ran into her at her dad's restaurant in New York City. That's awesome. And and then I'm like, you know, and I never thought of it as that back then. But now I'm kind of like looking back on it like, hmm. And then I'm like, I'm going to be a millionaire someday by whatever age. I used to say 40. I'm 38 now. I used to say 40. Now I'm kind of thinking 50, but somewhere between 40 and 50, I'm going to be a millionaire. And people are like, well, you can't really control that. How can you know that? I'm like, yeah, actually I can control. If I sit on the couch and just watch TV, yeah, that's not going to happen. But if I'm taking proactive steps, it's going to happen. And so anyway, so it was just kind of this week or last week that I came to that realization that I'm like, I'm making things happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, totally. I, I mean, people don't realize how powerful they are. Most people spend a lot of their time in the way of negative creation. And, and when I say negative creation, I mean, it's always all great because you're going to grow. And I think we're here to learn. We're learning, we're growing. And no matter what it is you're creating, you're going to have opportunities to learn. I like to think of it as let's consciously create what I want. Because, you know, you said something earlier about like inner the inner voice or the inner critic or something like that. Maybe it was someone else. I, I've talked to so many people today. <laughs> but it was like, it's like this inner critic voice is creating an, a reality that you don't necessarily want and your innermost dominant thoughts always create your reality and it doesn't matter if they're conscious or unconscious right so the hard part is that most people have 95 percent of them unconsciously beating them up filled with self-doubt telling them they can't have what they want telling them oh focus on 50 things so that you can never have too much success sabotage safety and comfort zone right So if you're trained in that way, you've got to put in the effort to retrain your brain in a direction for your own success, where you're actually asking for what you want, taking action and believing it's possible. And it's a training piece. Most people are not born that way. We're born by a negative bias, right? We remember negative things eight times more easily than positive things because it keeps us safe. Like you touch the hot stove once, you never have to remember that again. It just Mm -hmm. keeps you from touching the hot stove ever again. So that's the hard part about it is that we go... I've got to choose and decide and be committed to becoming a master of my inner thoughts because my thoughts create my reality. Yeah, it's just so interesting to go from thinking that's a bunch of crap, basically, to seeing it actually play out in my own life or career. And keep it up. (laughs) I guess it's a legit thing. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So we talked about the competing commitments and three steps to manifesting more money in your business. And then as far as determining which of the money blocks, I guess that the money blocks profile that kind of helps people determine that. Yeah. And here's the thing that people will notice when they take that. So they just go to moneyblocksprofile.com and it gives them a profile in two minutes or less. And it's very specific questions that I that are so clearly marked in one direction or the other. The thing is, you will probably look at your life history and have an experience with most of them. Some people, I'd say the money is bad ones. Some people really don't have, but then when you dig in, you see that they have it, but you will have one predominant one operating at any given time and you never eliminate them completely because at every new level of yourself, you're going to run into a new layer of money blocks, right? And it'll be in the same three categories. One of those will be operating. The thing that's cool when you learn this work is that you start to move through the process more quickly, right? So you go, oh, I noticed this money blocks coming up. What am I going to do to shift it in a different direction and work with getting conscious about it? And then know that the next round of your quantum leap to the next layer of yourself, you're going to run into another one. And things that will happen, let's say you break through to a new level in your business, you might have a new money block. Let's say you get married, maybe you'll have a new money block. Let's say you have kids, maybe a new money block, right? And so you, they don't ever go away. And so I like to tell people, this is a lifelong journey and a practice learning tools to deal with it along the way is what gives you the easiest path and the fastest way to create a path of least resistance to making the most money possible, whatever the amount that is to you. Another thing you talk about is how your money mindset is the foundation of all your business success and you know how money blocks limit your profitability. Can you kind of go into that and explain how that is? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I always tell people you're your greatest cheerleader or your biggest limiting factor, right? So either you are cheering yourself on, training yourself for success, 
creating energy, mindset, and habits that align with money making, or you're doing the opposite and you're holding yourself back. And you might vacillate between the two, right? Like sometimes you might be, oh, my mindset's aligned, and sometimes you might not be. You will always know if you're aligned for easier money making if you feel good in what you're doing, right? Because when you look at energy, if you look at quantum physics and manifestation, it has to do with energetic frequencies. So when you're in a state of joy and fun and flow in your zone of genius, you have the greatest ability to be profitable and the highest profitability because you're focused. You're not going to procrastinate because you love what you're doing. You're going to attract people your way because you have magnetic energy that you're putting out into the universe and then things flow really easily. So the greatest opportunity for you to have the highest profitability is when you are aligned and it starts with your thoughts and your beliefs. And you'll know you're out of alignment if you don't feel good, right? So if you have a lot of stress and you feel really overwhelmed and you're constantly feeling doubt and fear and uncertainty and too much and I'm somewhere in my belief system, I'm misaligned. And you want to start looking within at what those beliefs might be. Yeah, I, I feel like I've learned a lot. Oh, well, stuff I didn't know, but then also stuff that kind of affirms things I've been just thinking about the last week or two. So yeah, yeah I appreciate your time today. Moneyblocksprofile.com is that quiz. And then your main website is nfamoney.com. I'll also have show notes with links to all of this at the Sarah St. John dot com forward slash Amanda. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we end? Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like to tell people I have all kinds of different resources that are available for any business owner. I work a lot with coaches and online entrepreneurs and I help them align their energy, their mindset and their habits to make more money in their business. And I have tons of cool free stuff. I have a YouTube channel and a weekly podcast. And I just created a private Facebook group called the NFA Moneymaker Lab. So in that they get a, a free mini course when they join and it's called 30 Money Making Secrets. So all kinds of cool stuff, all designed to help you do exactly what we've talked about this whole show, which is what are my unconscious beliefs that are holding me back from having a successful business? Awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take the quiz and join that. I'm not like a big Facebook group person, but that sounds interesting. But I am a big podcast listener, so I'm definitely gonna check that out. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's called Max Potential Money. Yeah, I was just yep. going to ask. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.